0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Lord be with you. Very warm welcome to our celebration of morning mass here at St Bride's. Today is the feast of the great English martyrs, St Thomas More and St John Fisher. I ask you especially to remember in your prayers of today's mass, Dennis uh, Cleary, who's funeral takes place in England uh, today and he has relatives here in Scotland and uh, his own relatives in England are joining us for the Mass as well. So we welcome all of you uh, to the Mass and we offer our sincere condolences at your loss. This also is the anniversary of uh, Mrs Nancy Elise and uh, tomorrow morning we'll be offering Mass especially for her. To begin the mass and to offer the mass more worthily, we first call to mind our sins. I confess to Almighty God, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask Blessed Mary ever virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. And may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who in martyrdom have brought the true faith to its highest expression, graciously grant that strengthened through the intercession of Saints John Fisher and Thomas Muller, we may confirm by the witness of our life the faith we profess with our lips. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God for ever and ever. reading from the first letter of St. Peter. My dear people, you must not think it unaccountable that you should be tested by fire. There is nothing extraordinary in what has happened to you. If you can have some share in the sufferings of Christ, be glad, because you will enjoy a much greater gladness when his glory is revealed. It is a blessing for you when they insult you for bearing the name of Christ, because it means that you have the spirit of glory, the spirit of God resting on you. None of you should ever deserve to suffer for being a murderer, a thief, a criminal or an informer. But if any of you should suffer for being a Christian, then he is not to be ashamed. They should thank God. That they have been called to be one. The time has come for the judgment to begin at the household of God and if what we know now is only the beginning, what will it be when it comes down to those who refuse to believe God's good news? If it's hard for a good person to be saved, what will happen to the wicked and to the sinners? So even those whom God allows to suffer must trust themselves to the constancy of the Creator and go on doing good. The Word of the Lord Those who are sowing in tears will sing when they reap. When the Lord delivered Zion from bondage, it seemed like a dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter, on our lips there were songs. The heathens themselves said, What marvels the Lord worked for them? What marvels the Lord worked for us? Indeed we were glad. Deliver us, O Lord, from our bondage, as streams into dry land. Those who are sowing in tears will sing when they reap. They go out. They go out full of tears, carrying seed for the sowing. They come back, they come back full of song, Carrying their sheaves. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his apostles, Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace on the earth. It's not peace I have come to bring but a sword. For I shall come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Someone's enemies will be those of their own household. Anyone who prefers father or mother to me is not worthy of me. Anyone who prefers son or daughter to me is not worthy of me. Anyone who does not take up their cross and follow me, and in my footsteps, is not worthy of me. Anyone who finds their life will lose it. Anyone who loses their life for my sake will find it. The Gospel of the Lord. Today we celebrate the feast of Thomas Moore and John Fisher who were Catholics put to death at the time of the Reformation. I think most of us know uh, bits about the life uh, of these different saints from the films and television programmes that we've watched. Uh, I think most of us probably have seen that film of uh, Thomas Moore's life, uh, Man for All Seasons, and more recently the uh the TV version of the book by Hillary uh the books by Hilary Mantel uh of Thomas Cromwell, in which uh, Thomas Moore doesn't come out as well as he does in the film Man for All Seasons. I think we live in different times, certainly, from the times of the Reformation. These are good times, times in which Christians recognise The face of Christ in each other, Uh, that sense in which uh, we share so much, we share a common baptism, we share the word of God, we share a common Christian journey and I'm sure people like Thomas More and John Fisher would be very happy that the the wounds of division if you like uh, are bound up uh, in these times in which we live and of course it's a sign of the spirit isn't it? the spirit that reconciles, the spirit that unifies. Um, today, as we kind of think of that martyrdom of of uh, Thomas More and, and, and John Fisher, it's not just that sense in which they, they die for a particular aspect of faith, but it's the sense in which they lay their life down, isn't it? Uh, in that sense in which, for the love of God, uh, that they're even willing to lay down their life in order to, uh, to have a new and eternal life. Uh, that sense of courage and perseverance and faithfulness that very often mark the martyrs down through the centuries. Today we've listened in the passage uh, to the letter of St Peter himself, And it strikes me when I read that, that St. Peter is no uh, stranger to sufferings and persecution himself, but also he kind of speaks for a whole um, generations, if you like, of persecution and martyrdom that the people of Israel themselves have known, and maybe also in anticipation too for the future, for the pogroms and the persecutions that the Jewish people will suffer and the future as well that sense in which they they've, they've lived out uh, that persecution both in the past and in the future itself too but what he introduces is also that those who bear the name of Christ also will experience some form of harassment some form of uh, persecution uh, he doesn't dwell in the kind of the sufferings if you like in the, in the passage but rather the constancy of God. It's not that God has cut us off in those moments, not that He's abandoned us, but for those that have to endure those terrible things, to realise the constancy of, of God's love. I'm sure, like myself, uh, very often that passage uh, from the Gospel today of, of Matthew uh, often makes you kind of furrow your, fur your brow, uh, or wring your hands? Uh, does it mean that he's not really come to bring peace on the earth, but rather division? That he's come to separate uh, a father from his children, from uh, to divide a, a family? Uh, what do those words that, that almost uh, uh, kind of cut off all the kind of the the human interaction that we know—what what does it really mean those words? And I think it would be easy to misunderstand uh, that sense in which our Lord Himself speaks of of the the Gospel itself bringing uh, division, if you like. Um, I, th- I think very often Jesus is the is the scribe, or, or he's the the Rabbi, isn't he? And the Rabbi or the teacher very often uses. All of the devices uh, that are uh, at his disposal in order to get the particular meaning over. And very often might he also use those challenging words or those uh, difficult images in order to, to challenge the people themselves. I suppose we can't abstract it from that kind of context in which uh, St. Matthew himself is speaking. Uh, because that was very much the reality that for those that uh, entered into the Christian life there was a point in which they were expelled from the synagogue from their families, uh, from people around about them so that sense in which our Lord may have spoken about the, the challenge that we come uh, very often, uh, are, are very in a real way, uh, came to Matthew's community and and to others, that they were expelled from the synagogue, that they were expelled from their families, that there was a division itself between father and mother, uh, mother and children and and so on, Uh, and there was a sense in which you you had to choose, if you like, uh, 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 difficult as that might itself have seemed. Uh, between the road uh, on the one hand that you took and and the road on another sense that you were invited to take as well. Sometimes uh, this passage itself reminds us that there's a hard road to take in in our own life uh, and sometimes there are difficult choices uh, to be made. Uh, Very often we're tempted to take an easy road very often we're, we're tempted to take that, that road that doesn't cause us too much problems. And yet sometimes if, if you're really true in this Christian life, then very often it's the hard road that you you have to take. There's hard choices uh, to be made. Uh, there's challenges uh, to be met. So today we, we celebrate the feast day of, of Thomas More and, and John Fisher, who they took the hard road. It would have been easy to take an easier road, uh, a road of kind of compromise, a road that assured them of their, their, their wealth and their position and their status in society. And, but they took the hard road, uh, the road itself that leads to their own persecution and, and their own death and martyrdom as well. Today, uh, when we think of these great martyrs, we we think of, I think their courage, don't we, and their perseverance, their endurance, their resilience. And sometimes, when you're met with with difficulties, your courage itself disappears, and your resilience itself, which you thought you had, uh, doesn't really exist. Um, so today. Uh, when we look into the future which is unknown to us we pray that that courage itself won't, ab- won't abandon us uh, that resilience itself uh, won't somehow disappear from our life uh, but when we're tested and when the moment comes that we'll have the courage uh, to keep going and the resilience to see things through to the end It will become our spiritual drink. And pray, dear brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice endures may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. Receive, Holy Father, these offerings we bring on the feast of the Holy Martyrs, John Fisher and Thomas Moore, and grant that we, your servants, may be found steadfast in confessing your name, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For you are glorified when your saints are praised. Their very sufferings are but wonders of your might. In your mercy you give us Give ardour to their faith, to their endurance you grant firm resolve, and in their struggle the victory is yours. Therefore all creatures of heaven and earth sing a new song in adoration, and we with all the hosts of angels cry out, and without end we acclaim, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it, Until you come again. Therefore as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection we offer you Lord the bread of life and the chalice of salvation giving thanks that you've held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that sharing in the body and blood of Christ we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember Lord your church spread throughout the world bring her to the fullness of charity together with Francis our Pope, Joseph our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Joseph our spouse, the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you, Through your Son Jesus Christ. Through him, and with him, and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours for ever and ever. We pray with confidence to God our Father in the prayer that Jesus has taught us Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not in our sins, but in the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity, in accordance with your will, who will live and reign forever and ever. Peace of the Lord be with you always. Lamb of God, Let us pray. Lord, renew us with this food from heaven and strengthen us by the example and prayers of your martyrs John Fisher and Thomas Moore so that always following the voice of conscience we may be ever your good servants through Christ our Lord. And we ask Mary special protection. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, and at the hour of our death. Amen. So just to remind you today, the church is open again, reopened, uh, and that will be from five o'clock to seven o'clock this evening. So there'll be exposition of the Blessed Sacrament adoration of the Blessed Sacrament on the altar so if you're coming uh, you can spend as long as you wish in the church uh, just to say that there's around about 80 seats in the church so uh, unless there's a big kind of uh, queue upset outside I'm sure that you'll be able to, to get a seat uh, some will come and some will go as well so uh, please uh, do come along uh, and, and just to remind you that on uh, Tuesday also, uh, sorry, Wednesday also, and on uh, Friday there will be exposition of the Blessed Sacrament uh, and times for the church to be opened uh, on Wednesday uh, from 5 to 7 and on Friday from 1 to 3. Uh, and just to remind you also uh, that on Wednesday uh, morning, uh, Frank McGettigan's know, will be here in the church uh, at 11 o'clock. Uh, that will just be a private uh, mass for the for the family. And just to tell you now that uh, funerals are able to be conducted in the church uh, because we're now entered into phase two. Uh, So uh, if you have a funeral or a family funeral, uh, then it can take place in the church. Uh, but, But there's just a very restricted amount of people that are allowed into the church for the funeral. The Lord be with you and may Almighty God bless you, Father, Son and Holy Spirit go forth the masses ended